Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Hello and welcome to the Phoenix 5-0-Info show. I'm your host, Lieutenant Vince Lewis with the Phoenix Police Public Affairs Bureau. And as always, we're coming to you from police headquarters in beautiful downtown Phoenix. And I'm joined today by my today's co-host, Ryan Cody, public information officer with the Phoenix Police Department. Thanks for joining us once again, Ryan. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. A lot of important stuff to get to. Yeah, thanks for giving me the show, by the way. Yeah, you know what? I'm happy to let you take this one over. (laughs) Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So uh, we have a very important topic today. Uh, We're going to talk about reforms, but we're going to talk about how we as a department, uh, being self-reflective and self-assessing, also partnering with the community to make it a holistic approach to making things better uh, in the way that we police and the way that we team up with the community. Chief Sullivan's told us time and again that public safety is a team sport. So uh, we brought you here today to help us uh, talk to our very special guest, Assistant Chief Brian Chapman. Welcome, sir. Uh, Great to be here. Thank you. So your position is important because you're kind of at the forefront of this, uh, taking in the information that we're getting from the community and the meetings that you've been chairing uh, relative to the reforms that are coming. Is that correct? Yeah. So I've been a department liaison with the Department of Justice for over two years now. Uh, You know, we've recently crested the two and a half year mark with this investigation. So um, I've had kind of the the behind the curtain view of everything going on with the city and the investigation, and I'm happy to talk about it. Excellent. Uh, we've got some questions over about how things are going, right? Yeah. And one thing we've been doing is we've been taking the show on the road and doing some community briefings. Uh, some people may have seen them uh, in person, or you can check it out on our website, phoenix.gov slash DOJ. We actually have a virtual version for you to check out there. You're one of the presenters, um, so it gives the community an opportunity to hear directly from the person who is handling this investigation, at least some of the requests in this investigation. So tell me a little bit about first, what are these meetings and how they've been going so far? So these meetings are really community centered on providing information to community members about the status of the investigation, the department and the city's collaborative nature with the Department of Justice in this investigation, uh, where we have been up to this point and what we can expect going forward. And part of that is you know, where we've been up to this point, the reform efforts that that we've been under undertaking. Um, when did this all start? Yeah, so I, uh, you know, importantly, um, as far as my perspective, it started 25 years ago and before that, since I've been on this organization, you know, we have uh, learned a lot of hard lessons from things that have happened that didn't have great outcomes. And, you know, we have a history and culture of learning from those, changing policy and training and, and trying not to repeat those. Um, so that has been an ongoing effort. But, you know, specifically with the DOJ, they're focused on time frame from 2016 to 2021. And within those time frames, you know, we're all aware of some things that have happened uh, in the community and the police department. You know, I think there's some acknowledgement on our part, certainly, that uh, those outcomes were not great. We've learned some really hard lessons and so have people in this community. And we endeavor to work collaboratively to make sure that that's not happening again. And so uh, when the Department of Justice announced their investigation in August of of 2021, we were midstream in uh, a number of things, but they really uh, ramped up our reform efforts with the transition into interim Chief Sullivan since he's been here for a little over a year and a half now. 
So the DOJ, we know, is has said that, that they are focusing on five specific areas for this investigation, and there could be others as well, as we've seen from other pattern of practice investigations across the, the country. What are those five areas? Uh, and after that, we can dive into a little bit of some of the reforms that we've undertaken. Yeah, the five areas are excessive force, discriminatory policing, uh, retaliation against those ex- uh, involved in First Amendment protected activities, uh, violations of the ADA specific to behavioral health. And uh, the fifth one has to do with homelessness and a specific carve out of the disposition of property for those experiencing homelessness. Use of force. Let's start there since that was the first one. Uh, can you tell me just an overview of some of the things that we have undertaken in the last several years? Um, yeah. So uh, going back to 2021, um, actually, we uh, started a, an advanced less lethal program. This is bringing contemporary less lethal tools to our first responders. Uh, those are specifically uh, pepper ball platform and the 40 millimeter. And so that ties in nicely with some mandatory training going on currently, where we are uh, asking officers to make sure we utilize the tactics of time, distance, and cover involved in these volatile encounters. And so these new modernized uh, tools help us to create that distance, which allows us more time and opportunity to successfully de-escalate situations and have positive outcomes that don't involve harm to community or police. Yeah. So the these pepper ball systems, what they essentially can do is they, they're like a paintball almost, and, and they can release some uh, pepper into the air, makes it a little challenging to breathe, kind of hurts your eyes a little bit. Um, and then I've heard this great analogy about the 40 millimeter. It's kind of like Randy Johnson throwing a 90 mile an hour fastball at you. And you know what I mean? It's like getting hit with a baseball. It's going to hurt. Um, you know, but it is certainly a less than lethal tool um, to try and create some of that time, distance and cover. Lieutenant, as a, you know, as an officer, how do these tools help you in some of these situations? Uh, Officers don't want to ever resort to deadly force. That's not certainly something you show up to a situation hoping to do. So how does this help? Well, like Chief, like you were saying, time, distance and cover, you see the evolution of these tools. We used to have to get right up on somebody with a hand canister of OC spray or we had batons or we had, you know, carotid control techniques. We had these tools, but you mentioned that they are contemporary. So these are evolutions in the right direction with as far as force application, because they accomplish the same goal, but we don't have to get as close. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, completely accurate. And that's exactly what we want. Um, We want to really. Uh, give us, uh, have possession of those tools that help us create that dialogue uh, because we know a number of the folks that we're dealing with in these encounters are in crisis one way or the other. And so we know that when we have the time to talk through those, that we'll, we'll have more of an opportunity for a successful conclusion. And in addition to the tools, we are also getting the training on how to talk. Yeah, um, importantly, yeah, we're hand in hand with integrating communication assessment and tactics, which is a mandatory class for all Phoenix police officers. And it focuses on time, distance and cover. And it really focuses our efforts on dealing with people who are armed with things other than a handgun. Uh, Because whether you're a river rock or a brick or something like that, we know that that is specifically targeted where we have opportunities to to perhaps de-escalate that verbally or through other means than what we've previously done. Introducing new tools to the arsenal means we've got to create new policy, obviously, to govern how these tools are used. So without going all into the policy, because you can find all this on our website, phoenix.gov slash DOJ, what's the, the process now for changing policy and how are we integrating the community into that process? 
So the use of force policy was the first major initiative taken by uh, Chief Sullivan to uh, really modernize that. And I say modernize, um, it had just been updated six months before we started this process again. So there was understandably some angst. Um, but you know, his, his focus has been, we're not gonna wait for the Department of Justice to give us a report telling us what we need to do. From his perspective and experience, we are gonna move forward in some of the areas that he identified as significant opportunities for evolution. And one of those is use of force policy. So we worked with some national uh, best uh, practice experts. We put a draft policy together and we launched that draft policy in January of 2023 to the community. Uh, Chief Sullivan was very clear that these major policy initiatives are going to be vetted through the community, and we're going to ask for their constructive feedback on the policy because ultimately we serve here uh, based on our relationship with the community, and he wanted to get their perspective on it. And uh, he was also very clear that if the community gives us perspective, we're going to take that feedback and incorporate it into the policy to the extent that we can, obviously. Um, yeah. th that effort... Uh, resulted in 800 public comments uh, to the policy. And um, that those comments came from police department employees, community members, people that live outside of Phoenix, and some from outside the state of Arizona, which I found really strange. But yeah. they were, uh, nonetheless, they provided commentary. We also previewed it with the Department of Justice. They provided feedback on it. And uh, we made over 50 substantive changes to that. And so that's a demonstration, one, of transparency uh, from the department saying, here's our new policy, take a look at it, but also our commitment to taking their feedback and making changes based on it. And uh, I think we've accomplished that with what we have today. We're talking with Assistant Chief Brian Chapman about uh, reform specific to the DOJ uh, pat pattern of practice investigation that's going on. But I wanted to throw you this curveball, Chief, if, permit me. We've heard it said that Phoenix police believes they can police themselves. What's your opinion on on that? How would you respond to that? Well, I, I would respond to it this way. Um, our department needs to focus on strong training, strong policy, and strong systems of accountability. I firmly believe that if you have a grasp on those three specific areas, and of course there are subcategories within that, that that demonstrates transparency, accountability. It also demonstrates that we have internal accountability mechanisms that we work with the community for some of these, uh, specifically some review boards, et cetera. Um, I think that we are committed to transparency in every way possible. And I believe that we are setting the table for being that agency that is self-assessing on an ongoing basis and self-correcting in areas that we know demonstrate uh, fair and impartial policing to members of the community. So we go through a lot of training and experience and education to do our jobs well, plus we carry a lot of experience in, in, in this job, bringing it forward. So we're subject matter experts by the time we leave, but how valuable is the community's opinion who don't have never been to the academy, maybe they're new in town, really their sources of uh, police work and how we do things is minimal. How valuable is the uh, opinion of the community who is approaching this from their perspective? Well, it, it's important perspective because their perception is reality, whether or not it's reality or not. Their, their dynamics uh, of encounters with the police department could be passing them on a traffic accident or you know getting stopped for a traffic violation. So what, what we want to see from all of those demographics within the city is that we're treating people the same, we're equitable in our service, and we're providing that top-tier customer service that I know that we do on a daily basis. And so the demonstration of that is important, but 
as important to that is how, how, how do we know that we're doing a good job? And a lot of that comes within our systems of accountability. Um, for example, we have a policy coming out called Standards of Public Trust, which is just going live to the community this month. Uh, that's really a, a policy that is focused on our interactions with people from a, a every call for service. Officers are going to be on scene. They're going to introduce themselves. They're going to explain why they're there. They're going to give people a voice and understanding why the police are there. Um, and, you know, A, it's just good business and good customer service. But B, I think it's a significant de-escalation tool because when you start off an encounter with someone, uh, which, you know, frankly, aren't always pleasant with the police department, and we just have some baseline human kindness, hey, I'm Officer Chapman with Phoenix PD. I'm here because X. Um, I think that's a demonstration of our, our our necessary collaboration with the community and making these encounters positive to the extent that they can be. I don't mean to gloss over you know all the other reform efforts, but for the sake of time, I, I do want to ask you a question about when you do make major overhauls like this to a department uh, that's been around for so long, has there been pushback within our department? And if so, how, how is that handled? I, I would, there's been significant skepticism. Um, first of all, as I mentioned, with the update of the use of force policy six months post a an, an update that just happened, um, and there was a lot of angst with some of the direction that the, the department took with this use of force policy. However, um, we invited uh, and, and organized a collective work group to work on this use of force policy, draft policy. And so I wouldn't classify these people by uh, as yes sir and yes man people. These were people that had a very critical eye of the process. And we think that's uh, as important and valuable as those who right. uh, want to support it. Uh, that work group worked uh, for about four months on looking at the draft policy, incorporating the comments, working together. And I can tell you that that work group, as skeptical as they were at the beginning and as I would classify it as you know, unhappy with the change, they're exceptionally proud of the final product that we are starting to train on this month. And uh, that's because they have a voice in it. They understand the big picture. And I think that's the really goal here for department and for communities, explaining the why behind things and giving people an opportunity to participate in that process. And the outcomes for that will be one of a collaborative nature, which is important uh, for the success of those programs. Well, thank you very much, Chief. We value your time. Thanks, Ryan, for joining us. I want to thank the crew for uh, helping us produce this. Visit phoenix.gov slash DOJ for more information on the community meetings and the reform efforts that are in progress. As always, you can help solve crime in your community, uh, potentially earn a cash reward by sending tips to Silent Witness. Visit silentwitness.org or call 480-WITNESS. Visit us at phoenix.gov slash police and follow us on all social media platforms. And until next time, please remember, we're all in this together. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.